Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober. The podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. This is episode 23 and it's the second in our series of sober stories, which is when we um, interview real life heroes and sheroes. And today we're really delighted to be joined by Julia um, and she is no filter sobriety on Instagram. You might know her from there, from her uplifting and positive posts. And um, she's a sober sister and a good friend. And so we're really happy to be joined by her today. So hi, Julia. Hello, it's good to be here. Hi, Mandy. Hi. So we're doing our three-way conversation. So hopefully we, we had a few technical issues earlier on. So hopefully all our sounds would be good. Um, so fingers crossed, everyone. <laughs> um, so Julia, if you could, we'll just start with a quick check-in. So how are you today? Yeah, I'm good today. Thank you. Brilliant. Well done, man. To you? Yeah. You know, um, my son's off with a uh, potential broken toe. So, uh, and I need to go and get my daughter in a minute to go and have three of her baby teeth ripped out by the dentist. That's so hard. That's so awful. We were talking about general anaesthetic, weren't we, earlier? And I remember that, like, the early days of motherhood, I had my gallbladder out and, um, and I went under general and um, it was like the best sleep and the best rest ever. Oh, best sleep. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And I remember I might have said this, but I came out of general anaesthetic <laughs> shouting, who needs what? And I was just like, that is just so typical of the kind of mum state, isn't it? <laughs> so um, When my um, eldest was um, was little, I had my appendix out and um, they the family had to bring her into the hospital because I was the only person that could cut her fingernails. <laughs> I mean, she came to, to visit me, but I mean, specifically to bring her in so that mummy could magic with the nail clippers. Oh, God. It literally is like, I mean, I think that kind of segues quite nicely into probably what we'll end up talking about today, you know, about sort of motherhood yeah. and wellness and mental health, which I know is kind of a big sort of raison d'etre in sobriety for you, Julia. Um so um, could you tell us a bit about what brought you to the decision to be alcohol-free? Yeah, certainly. Um, it's it's not something that I really planned in a lot of ways. I um, I think I've tried for a long time to, to moderate my drinking and to rein it in, if you like. Because in my 20s, I was, I was very much with my party drink. Well, really, drunk at home and, you know, drinking to me was, was going out and getting done, basically. And... Um, I um, then obviously time went on and I got older, became, got married, became a mum. And at that point, that kind of lifestyle didn't fit so well with what else was going on in my life. Obviously, I had to get up with, with young kids and um, and what have you. So, um, so yeah, so then I did, and then I did start drinking at home more as well because obviously I was at home, you know, I wasn't always able to go out because of, because of my children. So then that's when the kind of, you know, the weekend bottles of wine at home began mm-hmm. to to creep in and creep up so I um I think I um I, could, I was conscious of that creeping up and also I um was also then I think as the children got a bit older starting to go out more and also after I had my my little one who's who's two and a half now and a handful to say the least and she um after I had her I had postnatal depression quite badly and um ended up um, seeing a health visitor, a lovely health visitor, bless her, who um, who I ended up 
been floods of tears with because I've gone basically hoping she could give me some kind of magic solution that would make my baby go to sleep because she just got to five months and thought not going to sleep anymore pretty much ever it felt like so she um suggested that I might want to go and see the um the GP and um I at the time I was thinking that's ridiculous it's not me it's it you know I'd be all right let's just get some sleep but actually when I started on antidepressants which is what the GP recommended I felt so much better just it was just unbelievable it was like a, a dark cloud had, had been been lifted away and I realized that actually I probably had been depressed after my eldest as well and just just not really dealt with it or kind of probably tried to self-medicate really with, with wine yeah and and then I um so then it, it then made it quite stark that once I was feeling so much better if I had a drink even if it was just a couple of glasses because you know I still definitely could do that and quite often did do that because I was so tired I'd have you know a glass or two of red wine on the sofa crawling to bed and um but I felt even after that small amount of wine, I would just feel horrendous the next day. And it was like they were cancelling out the antidepressants and I just mm-hmm. felt rubbish. So, um, and then I had a couple of big nights out again. I had a friend's 40th in the, in the January and then my own 40th celebration in the, in the February. And both, on both occasions, got really drunk. It was like almost like, this is it. This is my social life coming back. We just got to the point where my little one was sleeping better and you know if we, we could get people to babysit for us we actually could go out and I just kind of went to it and the way I felt the next day I mean the, the day that ended up being my day one I just never much feel like that again yeah and it keeps me going with sobriety the memory of that day so it's, <clears> it's <throat> really interesting though isn't it that you'd said you know what really uh, strikes me it's something that Mandy has talked a lot about and I definitely now I felt better and, and myself too have, have been on uh, I'm on antidepressants is that um, is that link between the, the mental health aspect and it was really interesting that once you started feeling better a that you've you know when you're early motherhood this just gets missed so much that kind of support for women even though we know about postnatal depression the nature of the beast is you, when you're low, you kind of don't know. You lose that perspective. But also then that um, that link that once you start feeling better, you really realise the effect that alcohol had. That's, you know, something that I really relate to. And it's always hugely affected my mood. I used to ha- I used to jokingly call them my hangover depressions. And in my 20s, they, I, would, I think I've always had them. I've always felt depressed the day after a big night out as well as feeling, you know, sick. And it's always... Made, made my mood really dip but uh, they got longer and longer and as, as I was getting into my forties, it was like a week after a big night out <clears throat> I would feel really down and low and anxious as well like huge anxiety so mm. yeah <clears throat> mental health is is the big thing for me isn't there a, there is a chemical uh reason for that I, I believe that you know when you you stop drinking and the toxins are leaving you know because it is an addictive substance then you know that that hangover depression is kind of like you know you the wine witch kicking in to say right what you need to feel better is a is another glass of of wine you know so that yeah. there is a kind of reason behind that is that you know it, it it's that sort of addictive voice going right you know i know what will make you feel better mm. um yeah and i think the weird thing is that it's it's strange the um the the kind of transformative moment for me was and when when I on that day one I basically 
wasn't really planning to quit completely. That still felt like such a worst case scenario for me. And what I wanted was help to control my drinking. And I, uh, I found online um, Anna Grace's book, This Naked Mind. And the reason I ordered it is because the subtitle of that is Control Alcohol. And I thought, yes, that's, that's what I'm going to control. Mm. It can be done. I'm, I'm going to get a book and I'm going to control it. And um, the first chapter of that book just flipped my thinking completely. It was just incredible. It was like, I kind of call it my matrix red pill moment now because it was just, I, 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 it was such a strange thing to happen. It was just such a revelation. And the kind of the sentence, I remember I was sitting on my bed and I was reading it. And I remember reading this the sentence that kind of made me think, oh my God, was um, that it said that um, alcohol is addictive and I had become addicted. And I just... Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I just had never thought of drinking in that way. I, I, I quit smoking years ago, and mm. so it was very clear in my head that I'd been addicted to nicotine, and that that's why it was hard to quit, and that's why I had cravings and many, many day ones with that one. And um, but alcohol, I just—it's painted as this essential part of adult life. It's—it's it's painted as a almost a food. It's you—you you don't think of it. I it's a drug, mm. and I certainly didn't think of it as an addictive drug, which mm. is just based. But that, yeah, so yes, I think I think I did spend a lot of time worrying that I was an alcoholic. That was something that I would, it would, it would come back to me again and again. And I would think, am I an alcoholic? And it would cause me a lot of anxiety. And, and you know, I would do the online quizzes sometimes and generally put them so it would just, you know, say, fine, I'm go. And um, can I say, would you ever lie and then go, Oh, that's all right then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I'd do it, it would come out with the answer I didn't want, so I'd go back and say, well, actually, I, I'm not. Oh, no, I better change that question three and see if I get a different answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's all, all those, those quizzes are very much on the kind of the self-perception of, you know, do you feel mm. this way? And I'm like, no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so I think that kind of revelation that, it wasn't necessarily something that was wrong with me. And that's what I had always, I was so desperate to not be an alcoholic and so in denial about that. And so kind of, no, 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 I'm, I'm not, you know, that's, that's not who I am. I don't want to be that. That mm. when it kind of flipped and I thought, actually, it's the substance I'm taking. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, and that's what really made me think, okay, maybe not taking it at all might be the best. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really laughing, but it is, it's like, you know, for years and years and years, there's been these constructs around us, haven't there, that says, well, it's completely normal activity, but there's those few people over there that can't do it, poor them. And we have that time and time and time again, and it comes up. You know, I see it on sober forums all the time. This It's still very much out there. That sort of, and I think it's changing, you know, to actually go, well, well, it is an addictive drug. That's true. And then we have our conversation about the grey area where you ask questions about how it's working for you. And for years, we didn't do that either, did we? No, and I love that now there are so many younger people who are realising that they might not be a particularly good fit with alcohol, but are able to do that now and are able to say, this, this isn't working for me and that it's okay to say I'm, I'm going to be sober I'm not going to drink and I just love that and I hope that continues yeah. and continues yeah and I think what's so important about your story Julia coming back to it is this this you know postnatal natal depression diagnosis you know mm. and you see it so much in this kind of mummy wine culture and and this kind of reliance and treating with 
wine of like it's a treat at the end of the day and you know motherhood's hard so you know let's have a glass of wine and and, and it's all a big kind of joke as well you know and I do you know I I was such a big fan and still am to an extent of the mummy blogs you know it, it there's that read it you know going online and reading people that are going through the same kind of trials and tribulations of, of motherhood yeah there's a lot of comfort in that kind of honesty honest parenting but then there is this thing of just like you know using alcohol and you know if you're suffering from postnatal depression it's the absolute worst thing you can do for yourself and yeah that that conversation is not being had and um which is why we're having this conversation. Exactly. And that, yeah, I was going to say that's what's made me so kind of shouty about the positives of sobriety and, and about being a, a sober mum. And it, it's so difficult because I don't ever want to sound judgmental or, or anything. You know, I, I, I get that parents need a break, they need to relax, they need to do all those things. But actually, I no longer believe that alcohol helps with that for so yeah. many people. Yeah. Help. Yeah, well said. I mean, that, that that's it, isn't it? In a nutshell, it's like, because this conversation almost, I, I, I feel like it's very difficult to, to, to oh, my mum friends that still drink, and that the more vocal I've become about, uh, I've definitely come up this with this kind of like, I, that they might think I'm judging them sort of attitude. And it's like, no, that's really not it. It's just that we are told that that is the self that is going to solve our problems. And if, if you're suffering from any kind of mental health issue or stress, um, then alcohol's going to make it a, lo a load worse. So it, 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 let's look at the substance differently, like you said, and let's frame it with a mental health aspect and wellness aspect. It's not about telling mums off and, and get another opinion about what they should do and what they shouldn't do, because quite frankly, there's enough of that going on, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Women support women. Yeah, support. right. But really support, like true support, honest support. Yeah. And I think because the other dangerous thing with, with drinking is that it stops you from doing other things that really do genuinely help. So, you know, all the things that I initially they were a, a replacement for wine or a distraction so that I wouldn't sit at home thinking, oh, I really want a glass of wine. So, but actually, now I am genuinely managing my own mental health in a way that I've never done, even pre-babies, and I've never done mm. in my life before. You know, it's it's just amazing. Really. Mm. So, what what's helping for you? What would be your your tips for people starting out and and managing their mental health and and getting sober? What? Oh, um, I mean, certainly in terms of the, the sobriety, I think the biggest thing and the thing that's that. Um, Obviously, I'll kind of go on to talk about Soberistas because that's such a big part of my story as well and obviously where, where I met you guys. And um, I um, I think that one thing that really makes me sad on, on Soberistas is when I see people and they are just missing alcohol so much and they've just have still got this mindset that it's this amazing thing and there's something wrong with them that they can't have that anymore and that, you know, they've kind of taken it too far and spoiled the party for themselves almost. And I think... There's so much you can do to get your mindset in the right place. There's so much writing out there. There's, you know, as I said, there's Anna Grace's book. There's, um, there's, um, I think, uh, there's the Unexpected Joy Being Sober and the Claire's Sober Diaries that you, you had on recently and the podcast, you guys. And, um, you know, there's just so much out there. And to kind of tune into all of that and start to, to see alcohol differently, I think, is such an enormous help. 
And the other thing, the, the main thing, I think, is just to, for people to be kind to themselves. I, I love um, Lauren McCowan, who, who I, I kind of follow and, and you know, read her blog and what have you. She talks about the pregnancy principle and about sort of early sobriety. It's like that. You have to really kind of go into yourself. You have to look after yourself and, and just really prioritise you, which can be so hard as a mum. And, you know, we just don't do it, really. You yeah. know, and, and to just have that, that kind of that, that treating yourself with so much care because you're doing something really hard and really amazing and it does get easy it gets effortless really in a lot of ways but in your self-care sober toolkit then my, my sober toolkit yeah the self-care sober toolkit okay um i mean certainly connection with other sober people i just i don't think anyone can do this alone i think that you know that's one of the reasons why AA is very successful is that you have that connection with people who get it and who get you and you know not only uh, with, with my choice with Sober Easters that was my support forum which I found roughly about the same time that I read This Naked Mind so I had as well as reading this amazing quitlet book that just really helped my mindset so much I also started to connect with, with sober people and, and from the minute I wrote my first blog I was just blown away by the kindness and the mm -hmm. support and the understanding and the lack of judgment and just just absolutely amazing people, really amazing people. And I found it again on Instagram and, and I think anywhere where sober people are connecting and talking about their sobriety, you will find that support. So that's number one, without a shadow of a doubt, in the truth mm. Um The quitlet still, I still go back to it. I still, the, the chapter in this Naked Mind on stress and alcohol, I've reread it. I don't know how many times because that, that is... The only time now that I start thinking, you know what, I, I think might help with this, is when I'm really stressed with the kids. Mm -hmm. yeah. It sounds terrible, but that is the one thing that might still drive me back to drink is my children. <laughs> I, I wrote that on um, on a Facebook sober group yesterday. They were talking about triggers and whether it was hungry, angry, lonely and tired, and I just put children. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we shouldn't be laughing, should we? But um... And then... The other side of it, the kind of the things that, you know, I was saying about how wine, I think, can be dangerous for, for like, some particularly mums, mm. is that it just stops you from doing other things that will genuinely help with the stress of being a mum. And, um, you know, for me, those have been exercise. So I, um, I, I've always dipped in and out of running. I'm not, I, for, the lo for the longest time, I mean, I still don't really call myself a runner. You know, it's, I, I've, it's, it's, I always used to say to my husband, I'm going out for a jog. I would never say a run. <laughs> a run and I am still bent. You are that. a runner. You ran a half marathon. You I know. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not a proper runner. Come on, give yourself some credit. <laughs> I know. And, um, yeah, so, but then, and it just, I never really got anywhere with it. I mean, two pregnancies, both of which were C-sections, obviously mm. didn't help. Mm. That was pretty much right back at square one in terms of my fitness and energy level. Each time. But, um, but, yeah, I'd, once I became a mum, the running got more frequent because it was kind of my escape in a way. I was sort of, you know, I, I, if it was at the weekend and they were driving me at the wall, I'd say to my husband, I'm off the job, I'm going out. And um, so I did that anyway, but that really took off because when in early sobriety, when I was feeling that, those cravings, that uh, feeling that, you know, it was hard not to drink, then yeah. what really helped was getting out for a run and just pounds me out in the streets and and you know I am not anyone who knows me would say I don't look like an actual runner I'm not mega fit but you know anyone I think 
well, not only one, obviously, but, you know, I think there's some kind of exercise that pretty much anybody can do that will help them feel better and it, and it releases those endorphins in your brain. And, mm. and then yeah, the other sure. big exercise thing that's been amazing for me is yoga. And um, that's, again, is something I've always dabbled with. I've dipped in and out. And, again, I just never really stuck to it, never got going with it. And, you know, the sort of went to classes and then stopped going after a while. But I've now... I started going to the yoga classes I go to now pretty much as soon as I stopped drinking. And I'm still going now two years later and, and I go pretty much every week. And the difference that has made is just mm. amazing. I don't know, which I never could. Yeah, you go with yoga. Um, I, I'm, it, I'm like, if I... Sorry. Sorry, darling. I was I was just going to say, with the yoga, I'm if I go, I'm all right. And if I don't go, I'm not all right. And it's literally as simple as that sort of thing. It is, and that yeah, and the, the, that I think that's a meditation. I've started again. I I started meditation because um, through so briefly in the thread that I used to, to post on there where I met you, Kate, was um, mm. that somebody recommended to me the uh, Deepak Chopra and Oprah Winfrey do twenty one day meditation. <laughs> I love them. Open Chope. They're so good, aren't they? Open show. I love a bit of open show. <laughs> and um, I one of those. And, and again, just much better when it's like 10 minutes a day. And I don't always do it, I have to say. You know, quite sometimes I'm, I'm busy and I, I get to bed and I just want to read for a minute, five minutes and pass out. But um, I try to do one every night before I go to sleep. And it, again, it just it actually changes your brain meditation. It's amazing. Mm. And, it's, and it, I'm such a calmer person because of it. So they're kind of my, they're my, and the other one for me is writing. And that I think I love what you guys are doing with the creative workshops because I think creativity, it won't be writing for everyone, but some kind of creativity. Mm. You know, that's writing the blogs on So Boosters and uh, the Instagram posts. And again, writing was always something I could have interest in. I did, um, when I was pregnant with my oldest daughter, I did an OU module on creative writing, which wasn't really for me. And then I kind of abandoned it again. But then when I started writing about sobriety, it was like something just clicked. And I was like, I love this. I love writing about this. And mm. it just keeps me, it just keeps coming. I keep coming up with ideas and things to write about. And I just, yeah, so so that has been a huge help. Yeah, because you, I think you're um, a, a very good writer and I love yeah. your blogs. Right. Um, and you've got a blog externally to Soberistas now, haven't you? Before we have, forget yeah. to reference it. What's it called? Yeah, that's also called No Filter. It's on WordPress. Okay, so we can link we can link that as well because I I think you've your experience. Obviously, I mean, you know, one of the reasons we're doing we wanted to do sober stories with, you know, our real life people from the community is that that narrative of sobriety and us sharing our stories is like transformative. Like mm. when women, I, I think that's what's happening with the, you know, females and that we're all starting to share our stories and we're all getting better as a result of it. So, um, you know, and I, I thank you for for writing all that stuff, because I really love your blogs. And, and um, I think you you write very uh, with a great clarity as well. And obviously you have a, a big heart. Julia because you know you know what it's like to suffer and you're a mum do you know what I mean you're just such a good girl so thank you I, I just I think I just think about that person who I was and I think because it's such a I think people who struggle with their drinking often do it entirely alone and I certainly did it entirely alone I didn't really say a word to anyone yeah. I 
even my husband, I mean, I remember I got on my wedding day, I got really drunk at the reception, really, really drunk. Don't remember half of my wedding reception, which was just awful. And the next day, I, I was deep in the hangover depression, and I said then to my husband, I'll stop drinking if you want to. And he just, as people do, just kind of, you know, because I'd never told him how the agonies I went through, and mm-hmm. stop, not stop drinking. And he said at that point, silly, you were fine, you know, just you know, brushed it off. And I just, that was how secretive I was about it, that even the people absolutely close to me had no clue how much I wrestled with this. Yeah, concept. yeah. Well, yes, it's internal, isn't it? Mm. I mean, it's the same. That's why, I mean, I, I did the same. I don't know how many times I asked my husband to give me permission to stop drinking, you know. Yeah. If you want me to stop, I'll stop. And he's just like, it's nothing to do with me. Like, you know, it's, I can't, you know, I can't make that decision for you. And, it, you know, it has to come, it has to come from you. And and, and no one knows what's going on. Yeah, that's it, exactly. And, that, you know, that no, obviously, no, but you want that. You want someone else to say, you yeah. must do this. Mm. And, it, and it's powerful, actually. I think that when my very first blog on, on Soberistas, I um, had written just a very brief, this is my, my story. I'm a mum and I'm depressed and, you know, and sent it off into the ether. Thought, I bet nobody responded, but they're all friends and they're not going to want me putting in. And I got um, a reply from um, a long-term Easter on the site um, who's who's speaker on the site and um, she said I think not drinking is the right thing for you and no one had ever said that to me before wow and it really had an impact and it was lovely and I've got kind of been a message Mm. since told her that and um it's yeah it's just um it's just it's just very powerful when Mm. people who understand and who get it are that and, and kind of Supportive, but also not don't sugarcoat it to tell you how it is. Mm, and that's, yeah. you know, that's what's wonderful, I think, about So Greased is that it is that balance between being very warm and supportive, but also people don't say, oh, you're fine, you're fine, don't worry about yeah. it. You know, kind of, it, there's a realness there yeah. as well, which is important, I think. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. What happened, people tend to, you know, you, you talk to the wrong people, you know, and that's something that we've learned and now we're trying to communicate to others. It's like people that don't, have an issue with their drinking or are not open to discussions about drinking they're not going to be the supportive people you need and that could be right down to your parents to your husband you know and so that's why these communities club soda soberistas uh, she recovers um one year no beer i mean i don't know those guys but you know all there's so many communities the unruffled um somewhere within those you're going to find people that will you know, understand you and, and give you the support that you need. Definitely. Because I think, because, you know, I mean, my husband is the, the typical picture of a normal drinker if there is such a thing, but it's because he doesn't like alcohol very much. He genuinely doesn't. <laughs> if, he, if he's at home, he would infinitely rather have a cup of tea. If he goes out, he'll have a couple of beers to be sociable, but he doesn't actually want to be spending his money on, on alcohol. You know, the only time he ever gets drunk is if he's a free bar and it's like, he always feels like he has to. I don't know what it is, but yeah, but the rest, you know, he just doesn't, it's just, it's just not his thing. And mm. he is safe to drink without a shadow of a doubt. I, I can't see that he ever get addicted. He just doesn't like it, you know. Well, I like always it. say so, that um, the only yeah. people actually that I know who don't really kind of have a bit of a problem aren't somewhere on that grey area are people who don't really like it that much 
And isn't that, like, I don't mean that to be judgmental. I'm just like, hmm, I've got my, like, thinking face on. I'm like, hmm, okay. I mean, that is honestly what I see. If you like it, then you kind of struggle with it, I think. I don't know. That's what I think it's about when, when people say, I wish I could moderate. Yeah. It's like, well, what you're wishing is that you could you feel the way you do about alcohol and you enjoy it as much as you do when you drink and it makes you feel as good as it makes you feel but you don't want to do it very often. I mean, it's just bonkers. Mm. That's never going to happen. Yeah. And that you don't want the consequences, but the consequences are an inevitable part of the process. The mental health, the hangovers, the whatever it is that's making you go, well, I don't really want to do it that much. So it's obviously having some kind of impact, isn't it? Um, Yeah. Again, thinking face. I've got my, like, Dr. Evil one kind of my little finger at the corner of my (laughs) mouth. (laughs) Hmm. Um, So we're about out of time, aren't we, now? Um, Mm. We're coming up to our half an hour mark. But um, so... So what what plans and projects do you have coming up? Because I know you you have been thinking about this, Julia, in terms of, you know... Yeah, I... um... I think that, um, I mean, I um, I kind of came out on, on social media um, and it really happened sort of quite suddenly. And it was this moment I had where I was just feeling so good about my sobriety. I was, I'd been for a sunrise run on the beach on holiday. I was sat on a sand dune and the beach was deserted and the sunrise was amazing. And I I just felt so grateful for my sobriety. And so, and I just wanted to, to kind of talk about it really. And I, you know, I, I, I am, I think, probably quite evangelical and my friends who, who still drink probably think I've gone completely insane. <laughs> but, it, you know, I just, it, I just do really want to kind of share the love of, of sobriety and to to get that message out there, to help get that message out there that for people who are still struggling with their drinking and thinking, mm. what's wrong? Why can't I do this? That there's another way and it's a really good one. It's really, it's, it's hard at first because you're changing your life so much but it's just so worth it and so so yeah so I've, I've you know I post on Insta quite a lot I've, I've I've not been blogging much lately but you know I do want to get back to that but one of the reasons I've not been blogging much is because I am I am writing something that I'm going to try to get published because I you know I've kind of put together a kind of booklet if you like of my own and I'm also um studying counselling and I went I've gone back to college and I'll go to college Tuesday night and I'm studying to be a counsellor because I just I can really understand why such a big part again of AA is is the kind of you know the sponsoring system and people helping each other because you want to when you've been through this and you kind of you know and it's you know what you guys are doing with the podcast is amazing and it's you want to to kind of share that 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 love of it and to to help people get from where you were to where mm. you are yes so so yeah I mean and I don't really know where any of it's going I'm just kind of going with mm. it and I'm more like that these days I kind of trust just to trust in you know trust in the I don't, process I don't, I don't worry I don't I don't get anxious mm. I don't worry about things I don't think well, what, what if it doesn't work what if people read but, my Instagram and don't like me and you know I just don't really stress too much about stuff like that anymore and I think that's an age thing as well. I think that comes in, in sort of, you know, you've got it. But you know what? Was, um, it, it's so lovely. So I'm going to recap that that you're um, that you're right. You're working on a quit lit book, yeah, and that you're studying counselling, and yeah. and that's really that was so cool because I know that you're also working and bringing up kids as well. So yeah. you know <laughs> that's awesome. And um, and what you said about um, I remember reading in the the She Recovers manifesto. I think when we were that because they one part that they say which I really love and I think that's happened to all of us is that 
you start getting better and then they say at some point part of their manifesto is you recover in public so that other people can find their way yeah and and I really love that and there's another thing that a yoga teacher said the other day which feeds into that she said at the end of class just remember we're all just walking each other home and I'm like oh my god I'm going to cry I really love that so it's this part of this sort of being generous and sharing isn't that which is beautiful in the sober community so thank you for sharing I get yeah well thank you for sharing I get so much from you guys you know I just have to listen to the pod every week and I would even if you weren't my friends it's it's wonderful to hear your voices saying you know that it's sober is good sober is is, is good it's not always case scenario it's not a um you know it's not consolation prize Mm. for me you know without being too kind of hashtag instagram about it it is my best life it's it's how my life works Mm -hmm. yeah oh what a brilliant way to finish so can we ask you we always end with uh, your tip of the tip of the day and your reason to love sober so do you have a tip of the day for all people yeah i mean we've talked about it quite a lot but i think it probably is is worth repeating it's it's get connected the sober community is just chock block full of kindness and warmth and if you try one thing and it doesn't work for you keep looking because there's so many different things out there there's you know kind of sober easters is one but club soda's got a kind of a different slant on things and and so um club soda sorry and um and you know there's just so much out there face-to-face stuff online and um yeah that's what I, I think that is at the foundation of my sobriety is is the connections I've made in the friends mm. because otherwise I still would feel because it is an alpha-centric world there's the world still drinks and it's around us all the time it's been shoved in our faces obviously we just had Christmas where it was very much shoved in our faces and it is every year so it's it's kind of hard sometimes still because everybody's telling you that you should be drinking yeah but to have, that, to have those connections with sober friends is just essential yeah for sure and what's your love uh, reason to love sober today my reason to love sober at the moment is how the culture seems to be visibly shifting even just in the last two years since I stopped drinking um I think there's so much more acceptance so you know the um when i first started buying alcohol free beer and stuff which i never bothered with obviously before there was like it was the tiniest little bit and it's probably tripled in size now that section in tesco is where there's you know all the different wines and drinks and everything and i mean i don't get them that often anymore but just the fact that they're there and there's you know there's all these kind of you know the trendy bars are doing really nice mocktails that we've put a lot of thought and effort into and um and so many more people coming out and saying this you know this this is um this is me this is what i'm doing i'm choosing not to drink and um you know i love the, the Anne hathaway thing this yeah year. i was just about she to say so, that did you see that yeah and, uh, i thought it was lovely that she's just so open about it and she's what i loved is that she didn't try and paint it as just a lifestyle thing just uh, this is needy and amazing mum I'm not going to drink while my son's at home aren't I wonderful she actually did say I don't like how I drink I don't I, I yeah. drink in a problematic way and I think it's the, the fact you know it, people feeling able to say that to me that is what I would like to see shift mm. to it's not just about it's a lifestyle thing it's a trendy wellness thing whatever it's people being able to actually open up and say do you know what this yeah. causes a problem I can't if I drink I struggle to stop which is the case for me you know and it's I hope that we do get to a point where people can truly say that without shame or without wanting to go away and hide in the mm-hmm. yeah for sure 
Oh, well done. Thank you so much, Julia. Thank you for joining yeah, thank us. You. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really lovely. Oh, no, well, we will should be seeing you. Well, we'll be seeing you in person this year, no doubt, and on the yes. and on Instagram and on Soberistas. So yeah, we'll sure. be in touch with me. But um, so uh, if you're immediately concerned about your drinking, um, please do feel that you can go to your GP or reach out for some support from one of the communities that we've we've talked about. Soberistas Club Soda, she recovers. Um, uh, alcohol not alcohol yeah alcohol concern um in the uk has lots of information about agencies of support and um you know and then have a great time um this week and we'll see you next week for more chat bye